Welcome to the Arena Decklist Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined once again by Brian Gottlieb. Uh, last week, we had a guest on, Todd Anderson. Hope y'all listened to that episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Brian, welcome back. Did you listen to the episode? Nope, I did not. Of course uh, not. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I love, obviously, both you and Todd. Um, it has been a trying week, Gerald. And that puts us in an interesting position for this podcast. Well, because okay, hold on. You know what's good for trying weeks is listening to podcasts. Maybe. Maybe that's true. Uh, there's a lot of things I could have could have been doing this week to try and ease some of my load. But ultimately, I've just internalized all of the stress and uh, just sadness that I've been dealing with. And what that means is I am now a powder keg. So this is a dangerous podcast. I am out of fucks, Gerald, just completely out. Welcome and, back. And there's there's some stuff going on. And here's the best part. And people are going to be so thrilled when they hear this because you just told me this and I am over the moon. You've been busy. You've no. been off. You've you've been <laughs> off Twitter. I have been off Twitter. OK, you have no idea really what's going on in the magic world right now. No, like nothing, not really. nothing that's happened in the last three or four days. And no. So you're like, oh, yeah, you know, there's like this thing pissing me off and this thing pissing me off. And then you're like, and then there's the thousand dollar booster packs. I'm just like, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I was like, amazing. can you link me? Can you link me? And you're like, no, absolutely not. I'm just going to tell you about it on the podcast. So this is, yeah, me not going on Twitter. Uh, I, I occasionally like go on look at my my mentions see if there's anything going on there check my dms and then i just log off for a couple of days great choice first of all i support this entirely um it's, it it's has, been working out okay yep i i understand that it has left you though with a blind spot to uh part of the 30th anniversary celebration of magic the gathering which has been going swimmingly thus far just to, so this is just vegas or is this just like their their year-round campaign or this is part of the year-round non-stop celebration designed to you know give everyone their fondest memories of the game and reflect back on 30 great years and nether look, spirit give me look back forward to 30 great more years coming down the pipeline i'll take the under me too uh here's what's going on i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it brief they are reprinting beta essentially what i know i know i Isn't know that, that against sounds the rules it is but they are doing it with a special card back 30th anniversary card back isn't that against the rules well they've said that before gerald so that's a very good question and uh i think which, which is weird because then they made dfcs right so it's like why can't you just remove deck master sure from the card back and whatever yeah, anyway yeah continue uh, yeah, they're they're going to reprint beta. Some things are missing. Uh, Earthbind comes to mind. Crusade. Yeah, all, all cards, the shockers. Yeah, those cards will not be present. So so wait, how how much of this are they doing? And also, does that mean that the the Legends cards that people opened in uh, Dominaria were were just things that they reprinted to or did they actually find that in the warehouse i think they actually found that i i think that's a very different thing because this this is being you know clearly reprinted clearly stated as reprinted you know different card backs so right but you know I'm, here's I'm, the way they're putting it they believe that they are still adhering to the reserve list I, at least that's their official position are these they cards going to be legal no they're not okay. legal anywhere okay so they're reprinting collector edition yes 
Yes, that is a very, very good way of putting it. Okay, I'm, At, I'm more fine with that. Oh, but... hold on, hold on. If they were reprinting collector edition, I would, I would be right there with you. Even if it was expensive, even if it was a thousand dollars, which yeah. that's you know, it's still a high end product. But uh, yeah, I, I could get on board with that. I think there's like enough of a market for that. These cards are iconic enough and special enough that, sure, I say go for it. Okay, that, well, well keep telling me, keep telling me about these thousand dollar fake card booster packs. For one thousand dollars. You may have four fake packs of beta, which are not good to play anywhere. So they're $250 packs. $250 a piece. They come in a $1,000 pack, though. You okay. get four of them. Yeah, but I could like buy them in singles off eBay or whatever. Uh, theoretically. I'm sure okay. somebody will sell them that way, yes. All right, continue. Then they're just... They're, they're beta packs. They have similar coalitions you you get a rare per pack i guess there's like old border versions and new border versions that you can possibly open uh but in general you know somebody has like made a simulator for opening these packs and you get four to five rares when you open them and maybe okay. you get maybe you get a thought lace maybe you get a farmstead maybe you get a black lotus for a this thousand Per pack or per thousand? Per thousand. Per opening four packs, you end up with four to five rares. It okay. is it is it's, very similar to the original beta coalition. Yeah. Did did OG beta have the occasional like double rare booster or what's the deal? It with did. The... It did. Okay. The, I don't think that's where you're getting the double rare booster from. I think it's just like they are strained from it in some ways. They have like old frame stuff and new frame stuff. Okay um so that is where you can potentially get like the second rare i think and i also don't know about the island you know how they had the island on the beta yeah, rare sheet? yeah I, yep. I don't think they're doing that again i mean also it was missing plateau <laughs> yep yeah i don't know what's going on with that i know there's like some weird stuff going on with the art i saw i believe it was uh quentin hoover's family was posting on facebook they found out this art quentin has passed away they found out this art his art was included in the product when they did the spoiler for it and as far as they know i guess they don't feel like wizards has the rights to the art so <laughs> that's that's a thing that is currently happening um beyond that there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the art like it's super zoomed in in some instances and i i gotta send you a picture of this this solar ring this is where please do i so i just tried to go to like goldfish and it just auto played uh saffron olive streaming i don't know if people could hear that or not but <laughs> i didn't hear it I okay good it, so. um and then i went to mythic spoiler and like infinity is there uh let's let's try scryfall last time i went to scryfall it was down i was like oh i'm actually gonna like do some work oh 30th anniversary edition full preview god scryfall you are incredible yeah Beautiful site. Let's see if they have the version of the, the Sol Ring that I really want you to see. Come on, come on, come Okay, on. yeah, so these these don't look like beta cards, right? And they, they say 30th edition in the expansion symbol thing. Yeah. Which is, dude, that, it has edition in the name. It's just, it is collector's edition. Yeah. But they're, yeah. they're rounded corners, not, not like the collector edition square corners, and 
It's not like the weird rounded corners like Beta had or anything, which again, like those those cards are but let's be real. This is this is not the soldering. Oh, here it is. Oh. So if you scroll down in this, you get to the old borders. And look at look at that soldering. And look at how it's cropped. And look at how it's cropped with Mark Ten and Signature, like right on the dividing line, where it looks like they just didn't give a shit. They're just like, whatever. Just put this together, throw it out the door. It is, it is so like, I, I don't know. For some reason, that one thing in this product makes me angrier than anything else because it shows such a lack of care for a product you're charging $1,000 for four booster packs of. Well, right, but they can. So. Yep, they can. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why the art is zoomed in. Me neither. I mean, they could they could do that with basically every magic card, right? And just it's like the was this was this what the dude did in like the OG like Gaslight movie, where it just like moved the furniture in the house or whatever? I know that some of it was like making the the lamps not as bright or yeah yeah <laughs> or stuff. That, yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like, slowly turning down the lamps. That's what yeah, Gaslighting yeah. is is based on. Right. Okay. So yeah, you could just like move it in you know, like a quarter of a millimeter or something. Mm -hmm. and, and then people are just like, no, it's different. And then they'll just be like, no. -uh. Yeah. So, so basically there's been infinite takes about this as you would expect. On, oh, on so there's, Twitter okay. Posts. There's multiple soul rings, right? And I see one yep. where yep. it's not zoomed in and the signature is still in the bottom right or whatever. Yep. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's an especially ugly new border one. Uh, like it's in with the black cards if you're on Scryfall. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that that one is especially gross. Yeah, that was the one where I was like, uh, I I don't like this, but whatever. Uh, yeah, what I was saying, a lot of takes on this. So all, okay, all you can the pay, takes. You can pay a thousand dollars. You can yep. open a, a fake mock sapphire. Yep, not you, legal anywhere. You could buy these for you know five cents a booster pack from china or whatever mm -hmm. so are, are people like i imagine people are going to buy this like some people are but like what is the general consensus are people like hell yeah i want to throw thousands of dollars at trying to open a fake ass mox every single take i've seen is either uh hating it and saying it's not for me and i'm angry that they don't make anything for me anymore or saying Invisible hand of the market, people will buy it, so they're justified in making it. It's not for me, though. So nobody thinks it's for them. I, I haven't seen anyone who's like, I can't wait to buy this. I just haven't seen that take, not one time. I'm sure that person exists, by the way. I just haven't seen it, and they're not in my space. Um, but what I think... They, they, are, they are probably on MySpace, though. Maybe true. Uh, what I think virtually everyone agrees on is that these will sell out. I don't think there's any chance they don't sell out. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some amount of like speculators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, is this is this, you know, like print to order or whatever? Or they say limited edition. Uh, they didn't they didn't say numbers. So gotcha. Here here is where we're at. I, God, I have so many things I want to say about this that I'm like, I've, they've just been boiling inside of me um, for so, so so long now and. I'm probably going to skip some of them and be mad about it. And maybe I'll just keep talking about it week after week after week until 
I eventually just talk myself raw and I don't have the words anymore. Man, um, that's that's what I'm here for is just listen to your uh, unhinged ranting. Good. You know? Good. I'm glad you could support me in this moment when I really need you. Here's I'm, the I'm first here thing. for whatever you need. Here's the first thing I would like to read to you. And I got this from uh, the Missouri MTG Twitter account. This is an old Facebook post from Jesper Mirforce. Jesper was one of the original artists on yes. Magic. Uh, it involved in a way more than like an artist would be now, I believe. Like it wasn't just, oh, send Jesper some art. I think Jesper was like in the room and had a lot of influence over things. Uh, uh, so, Bayou, Tropical Island, Scrubland, Tundra. I'm looking at the duels right now because I knew that he did a bunch of them. Okay, so this is this is a Facebook post Jesper made September 2nd, 2018. And I'm just going to read it word for word. It's a little long, but bear with me. Back in the old days at Wizards of the Coast, we used to joke about how cravenly greedy it would be to release cards that you could only get with a high purchase price, like only available in a booster box, etc. We often said that if we did that, it was because we were out of ideas and the grasping suits had totally taken over. Then we would laugh because we would never allow that to happen. We called them chase cards. We knew their single purpose was to squeeze even more money out of obsessed players. Even back then, we understood 100% that it was in effect taking advantage of people with certain mental disorders and that it was the wrong thing to do. We knew that many players would see it for what it was, a sign of a total loss of respect for our players, all for a pathetic short-term gain. These cards would have been aimed squarely at benefiting shareholders, not to benefit the players. It would have been disgusting. This is why we never did it, though it was discussed. Yeah. I remember seeing that post, actually. Hell of a post. And <laughs> just very prescient in its view of the world and what would eventually come to pass. I, I think this is the most like unbelievably greedy thing they have ever done. Uh, that doesn't mean people won't buy it. I'm not suggesting that for one second. And people, the, I just keep thinking, you and I have talked about this a lot of times. I just keep thinking about X-Men 1 from 1991. That is the thing I keep coming back to. Where, yeah, a lot of people bought X-Men number one. And in the moment where there was all this hype around X-Men number one in 1991, it was worth a lot of money. There was, there was a huge market for it. And because it was, quote unquote, scarce, it was a limited edition. There was no real scarcity, though. It was just scarce because people said it was scarce. Right. And in a way... I feel like this represents the final transition of magic from like something which actually holds intrinsic value to something akin to a fiat currency where it's only value is that enough people have agreed it has value because there was always this underpinning of like, I, I think of this because I've had to describe magic to a lot of people without any background whatsoever in gaming, specifically when I was in law. And, yep. you know, people find it very interesting what I'm doing. And lawyers tend to ask very similar questions because they're just trained to think about things in the same way. And one of the things that I was always asked, always, like without fail, almost everyone I described the game to was, what is stopping you from just printing your own cards? And that's a great question. And I always had a really good answer. There's a small but dedicated group of players that cares a lot about tournament success and uh, participating in organized play. And in that scenario, 
theoretically, you know, you need real cards. Judges are trained to look for real cards, and you could certainly be disqualified if you don't have real cards. And, uh, you know, everyone knows that, and that kind of makes this underlying almost intrinsic value to these cards. Like, there's a reason they are worth money. You want them as game pieces. There is no reason for these cards to be worth anything. They are pieces of cardboard that they have arbitrarily placed at $1,000 for four packs, which you can make a facsimile of very, very easily. That would do all the exact same things. There is no difference in what your proxy will accomplish versus what this 30th anniversary of this product will accomplish. And yet they still charge $1,000 for it and people have bought in. And it's I, I, any crash that has come in the history of economics is almost always founded on the idea that people perceive value and create value where there is no actual intrinsic value. And I will tell you that I have never seriously considered selling all of my magic cards in all the time I've been doing this and all the things that have ever happened with wizards. I've never really thought like, oh, I'm kind of uncertain about this. I should cash out because there always was just like this underpinning and this incredibly devoted fan base and these things were getting older and older and scarcer and scarcer and there was more and more just true demand for people who loved and appreciated the game i'm thinking of selling all my magic cards i like this is that egregious to me that i i think this might actually be the thing that inspires me to say there is no longer any confidence in this market they will strip mine it until there is absolutely nothing left and the, the company is both morally and creatively bankrupt at this point, and I do not want to hold whatever amount of assets I have in Magic Cards at this point. Morally, yes. Creatively, I don't think so. It's well, not like... <laughs> I've, I've got more feedback on that, but please respond. Well, to, I, yeah, I've talked listen, a lot. So. Listen, uh, creatively, it's not like this is their only idea. I know that Jesper said that this would be like a last resort or whatever, but it's it, like th that's not the case in this case because the the company has grown, the market has grown. There's all these different formats, all these different things that they could do to continue to strip mine the market. And I think that the timing for this sort of thing, where you get the brand is like a 30th anniversary edition, like that, it makes sense. If, if this was a thing that you wanted to do at some point, then it would make sense to do it now. Because I don't know, like, are you're you're gonna get to thirty five, but they they don't know if they're gonna get to forty or whatever. I I think that they probably believe that they are, but it's like, oh, you know, should we wait ten years to do this or whatever, or should we do it now? You know, I, I think it makes sense to do it now. I don't. I don't. They're, they're gonna do it every year for the foreseeable future. They will reprint dual lands. They will. They're just gonna do this over and over. I I guarantee it. That might be true. Yeah, I mean, if if that's the case, if if this is not just a one and done. Uh, then yeah, I, we're, we're back in Chronicles land, right? I mean, again, I guess you can't really play with these cards in tournaments. I mean, these, these would make for pretty good, like proxy vintage tournaments, right? Uh, yeah. cause I, I played with some, some crap proxies back in the day. Let me tell you, uh, just like soul ring written on the back of a card or whatever. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that there, there's some use there, but I don't even know how often those tournaments fire if at all anymore so who knows but yeah uh i 
I think that if they do this every year, and honestly, dude, I could see them doing it multiple times a year, knowing them, but mm-hmm. then, yeah, obviously, uh, things are things are pretty bad, and selling your stuff uh, kind of makes sense, but I, I would like to think that this is just like a one-time cash grab, um, and then maybe you do it again in five years or something, but every year is a lot, especially if they're not playable in anything. Well, they've shown such great restraint, you know, with everything else they've well, done, obviously. Yeah. Can I can I come back around to the morally and creatively bankrupt it, thing? Anyway, creatively, I think that they have more ideas than just this. The timing just works out for this to happen. You know what I mean? I, I agree they have more ideas. They're mostly shit. Let me tell you what else yeah. was announced at, at this whatever wherever they announce this uh the post malone secret layer has officially been announced so we are headed to the post malone pro tour it's only I, 10 years yeah. away at this point that was that was a matter of time you yep. na- you nailed it it's just coming that twitter post you're, you're i can't i can't i'm going to the post malone pro tour the first inaugural post malone pro tour i will be there you're not um, but your your twitter post is going to be referenced like jesper's post is now uh so that was announced final fantasy secret layer uh I, I like Final Fantasy. I don't give two shits about this product. Uh Assassin's Creed Secret Lair. I've never met a person who feels strongly about Assassin's Creed. I know people have played it. Never met someone who feels strongly about it. Again, uh, those those are like the the MySpace people or I don't know. More, I guess more so. like more like the 4chan people, but you know what I mean. Uh also announced the the Brothers War. I don't know the exact product i i think it's like the it, it might be the collector's boosters and like the the box product of collector's boosters but they are coming with uh, a special die and as opposed to the usual 20 which would appear on a 20-sided die uh it's the face <laughs> of a trans transformer of course, because what is more iconic in the greatest magic story ever told, the Brothers War, this iconic thing, than trans fucking formers? Nothing is more iconic than Transformers. I mean, and also, there's Transformers all over the box set, too. You can open them in a pack. And why wouldn't you want to in the most iconic magic story ever told? I mean, Hasbro owns Transformers, right? Like, Wizards yep. was also working on the Transformers game and yep. whatever. So... I I, I kind of get that, I guess. I'm In the Brothers have, War, uh, listen, the most iconic magic story ever told. Listen, there this are like, is where they insert it. There are kaijus on the basic lands. So I, I totally understand how some fourth floor duder saw that and was like, yo, let's get Optimus Prime in here. When you said die, I thought you were referencing like the cards were like dyed a certain color or something, you know? No. I was like, look, see, they're they're not of uh, not out of ideas, man. They got plenty of ideas, but no, yeah, like an actual D twenty. That's yeah, pretty D twenty with that's transformer pretty, pretty fucking loose. Uh, so anyway, all all of this is coming to me like this is just bashing me in the face. I see it on Twitter, boom, 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 one thing after another, and then someone sent me a magic card that they wanted to get my take on, in terms of just like what do I think of it from a design perspective? And this is a card that is legacy legal. It's what, from what was, what was the Andrew Brown phrase? Which one? Uh, we were just doing the Twitter card of the day or whatever. Oh, Oh, masterpiece or disaster or something. Yeah, It might be masterpiece of disaster. So, so here's a new card. 
legal in Legacy, legal in Commander. Uh, it is from the Unfinity set, so we've already talked about like whether these cards should be legal or not. But regardless, it is, and this is a card you can play in Legacy. And I just want to read you the card as it's written. I, there's no way you know it. I would be amazed if you did. This is Myra the Magnificent. It's two colorless. Nope. Blue, red, legendary creature, human performer. And I'm going to read every, it's a 2-4. I'm going to read every word of text on this card. All right, four minute 2-4, let's go. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, open an attraction. Okay. X, tap, exile, target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from your graveyard and choose an attraction you control that doesn't have a midway counter on it. Put a midway counter on it. Whenever you visit that attraction, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Yeah, easy, simple. That doesn't mean a thing. It is complete no. gibberish. And even it's not even about like it has a couple keywords that I don't understand. No, they reference things that are not explained on the card. It's it's garbage like that. It, there's there's no person who can like legitimately say they care about like aesthetics and design and like what it means to make it's Good. a fake set dude but jerry it's not anymore like none of this stuff is fake it's all inserted into the main game i mean we did just venture into dungeons and this is not that far off so yeah but like we also made fun of those cards yeah i i don't know man like obviously look I, I hate that my my brand is just negative but all of this stuff in the span of a week i'm like this is the most vapid soul sucked money grubbing product on the face of the earth that is that is just the way i felt this week and i've i've never been that like flat out miserable about the state of things i've been cranky for sure 100 percent cranky but something this week just like snapped me and like i said it's probably a bunch of the other stuff i have going on but uh yeah this one did it to me yeah uh i mean you're you're not wrong i get it i think that there are also a lot of people out there that can you know, sympathize or relate to you. Um, probably going through a lot of the same stuff. And I certainly am. I'm I'm just like past the stage where I'm I'm kind of like in acceptance. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mostly am too, but sometimes it's gonna well up and overwhelm, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, I I definitely feel that. But yeah, I'm I'm just in a place where it's like, yeah, it's all goddamn nonsense. You are right. Um, but when the new nonsense comes out. I, I'm not surprised by it. I'm just like, yep, this is the the other nonsense that they came yeah, out with. Par for the course. Uh, yeah, and yeah. A, another thing I had happen was a, a buddy of mine who used to be one of my closest magic traveling companions and and lapsed from the game for you know, six or seven years or so as has just started playing arena again. And he's like, hey, where do I go if I want to uh, like figure out what's going on with the standard metagame and get sideboarding guides for standard and like you know just generally who's who's got the good paid subscription now. And I'm like, boy, do I have some news for you. That is not a thing that exists and nobody plays standard. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could help. Yeah, I wish, wish it could be us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, we, we, we have been to some extent. It's just, there's not a lot, not a lot to cover. There's, there's those Magic Online events. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I think the next arena PTQ is standard. Okay. For whatever that's worth. Yeah, good. I look forward to that. I do. I, I honestly do. I'll I'll reboot. I'll, I'll my rage will subside. Um, but man, in, in a moment where like things already felt very vapid and 
you know, cash, cash grabby. Thousand dollar boosters were not what I was expecting. Thousand dollar boosters of fake cards. Fake no cards. Less. Like, yeah. honestly, dude, if it was just like, yeah, we're reprinting beta, I would have been like, all right, like, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. You know, um, but to then have them just be like kind of useless, like obviously you can play in commander or whatever, like no one's going to care. Like people already commission like sweet proxies for commander and stuff. And I think that that's rad. And I definitely like artists getting supported and everything. So yep. that's cool too. But uh, this, this just being like, uh, you can't, you can't use these though. is just like, what the hell? Like, uh, I, I hope I guess, this is like the come to Jesus moment for a lot of people where they're like, wait, I don't, I don't need your magic cards. I can just, I can just make these. Like you are not providing me anything anymore. I, I appreciate the idea. And when you were a real company, I was happy to give you the money for this game. I really enjoyed, but now I'll just make my own. Like who cares? I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's been a thing for a while, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a line, I guess. Uh, and, and mine was soundly crossed. So. Yeah, uh, uh, if you're not going to play in tournaments, then who cares? It's a good question, Gerald. Who cares? And capitalism blows, and I'm sure that if your friend needs to sell their only commander deck or all of their commander decks to you know pay for medical expenses or uh, surprise uh, you know car payment sort of thing, you get in a car accident or whatever, or like you need money for rent. And you're just like, screw it. I'm going to, you know, just print off the same commander deck that I had. Or Your friends aren't going to care. No. Nope. They're going to be like, hell yeah, you sold your commander deck for 5K. That is awesome. You know, do that. Uh, just don't go and buy five booster packs of fake ass beta with it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I will also say, too, I. If they hadn't said a bunch of times that they, they thought that doing this was against the spirit of the reserve list, then I'd I'd be less concerned. I think there was a reason people suggested this as an option. But they can always, they could argue either side of it for whatever fits their needs, right? They're like, oh, we're going to, you know, make $10 million off this, or maybe that's lowballing it. I don't know, whatever. Yep. Um, then, then you start arguing the other side, and I bet you can find a lot of compelling arguments. It's like, well, we'll make it a fake back. We'll make it so it's not exactly beta. We'll put uh a 30th anniversary thing will make it not legal you know like you can figure out ways to come up with a set where you're like reprinting beta but not if you want to if there is a crash anytime in the next year or two i think they are going to find themselves in a lot of trouble i I don't know. I, I I just think like the 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 legal exposure they have in regards to this issue has been why this has been such a delicate topic. And I've mostly agreed that they have no outs. I, I think they were right to say, no, nope, we feel really bound by this. And I don't think we're going to get away with this. And we're not going to break the reserve list. And we're doubling down. From a legal standpoint, from a risk management standpoint, I've always, always understood that. Because I, I do think they have exposure. And I think they might have exposure now, given, given this decision, honestly. I don't think it's that clear, uh, especially given things they've said in the past about what they feel the spirit of the reserve list says. So 
it's it's a risky move. It's a greedy move. It's not one I expect from what I've always seen as like a very conservative uh, legal team on the yeah. part of Hasbro and Wizards yeah, of no the Coast. I've, I've always viewed them as extremely conservative. Um, it, it was like the strongest part of that company for decades where their that. asses were covered on everything. Oh, do you know what else I want to say? I'm so glad this came to me because this is one of the things that I would have been upset if I didn't mention. Uh, Give me. You, you've played Magic Online since the beginning, much like I have. 2002? Yeah. 2001? Basically. Yeah, something 2000, like that. 2001, I think, was like the beta. open beta sort of yep. thing. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I was right there with you. Uh, sort of rekindled my love for Magic, a, a huge thing. And it made me for, good at Magic. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for the first, I believe, 13 years of that product existing, they did not put these iconic cards like Black Lotus, the Mopsies, onto the platform. Yeah. Because in their words, doing so cheapened those products. Like that, that's what they said. They felt like it devalued the specialness of that product, like have them be a part of the digital platform. Eventually, they rolled them out. Uh, 20, I have it as 2014 in my head because I remember uh, I got like my bonus from the law firm I signed on with and I used it to buy power on Magic Online, which was like, it cost like $1,000 at the time. Now it's like pennies on the dollar. Yeah, because they've um, reprinted them a bunch, obviously. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Uh, so I, I think it was it was 2014 when the Moxon and Black Lotus finally did come to Magic Online. But like, again, that's something they said, producing these cheapens them and like yeah. makes them less special. And I agree 100%. But you also made money when you did it and you're going to make money doing this. And is, isn't that what really matters? Yeah, that was kind of interesting, though, because so first of all, I think they, they came out in cube first, right? So they put the cards in the yep. client. You're right. There was no way for you to actually get them. Yep. They were there for a few years, too, if I yeah. remember correctly. And then they eventually came out uh i mean i know that they're in stuff like vintage masters later uh i guess it was like master's edition whatever maybe four or something when they came out and uh it it made it so that you could actually play vintage online before it was vintage but no power it's basically just like legacy with like oath of druids and, and necropotence or whatever yep. You know, yeah. it was it was a very strange format. It was weird. Awesome format. I loved it. Uh, not not fair by any <laughs> by any means. Mm -hmm. But then they released these cards and you could play vintage and like real life vintage had a resurgence as a result of that, because more people could actually like play and practice vintage and people who were maybe hardcore online grinders got into vintage because, you know, they're bored, want to splash around, whatever. And then they're like, oh, well, maybe I should go play this real life tournament. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was it was a cool moment, honestly. Yeah, uh, was definitely very interesting uh, as like a retrospective, right? To like look back on it and remember what their stance was on the time. And like, I don't mm -hmm. even remember why they said that they thought that it was OK to do that now. You know, maybe it was like we'd already put all the duels and force will in the master's edition sets and like yeah, needed maybe. something for the fourth one. But. Maybe, but th that situation really speaks to like why I think I get so personally upset by these things is because if I reflect back on it, like all the tenants of TCG product management and uh, 
really all aspects of game design, like the people who are in charge of magic are who I learned those things from. Like I, I looked up to their stances on. That's not true, though. I, like it really is. It no, really is. Listen, it's no, it's not like Eric Lauer and Dave Humphreys are making the decisions to reprint beta. Like the R&D people are completely separate from the fourth floor brand and marketing people. I, I understand that, but I still have to see those people speak in favor of these things. And like, I, I get it. You have a job I to worked do. there, man. Like there was definitely shit I did not agree with where I'm just like, yeah. I know. And idea, I, I know? know there are tons of people there who feel the exact same way right now. Can't say anything. Nothing but love for them. I hope they never take this as a, a personal attack on them because I know how hard it is to do the job, especially one where the company you're working for is doing shit you don't agree with. Because I've been there. Like, I, I totally get it. It is a tough, tough situation, especially love- when they are giving you money and giving you a nice life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's a life, you know, it's like a B plus a minus life. I would say right. probably something to strive for. I mean, probably a lot better than what we were used to as magic grinders or whatever. Right. Yep. Most likely. But yeah. I, I love the third floor people. It's like wizards, R and D dual masters, R and D. A lot of the creative folks, artists, world builders like that, that sort of stuff. Right. I mean, granted, it, maybe stuff is like moved around a lot since I was last in the building or whatever. I don't know. But I love those people. And then uh, all the stuff that I say that is like poo pooing wizards is, is basically not about them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. there's some issues with like Oko or Omnath or whatever. But a lot of that is also coming from like fourth floor directives of like make the cards powerful. Mm-hmm. so it's not even necessarily like their fault like they love magic same as we do they just want to make like a cool fun awesome game they don't necessarily care how the game pieces get distributed and it's not part of their job description right yeah yep and it, it is like those are the people you learned from right yes so yes. It, it's, for, it's for the most part but like th- there is an element of watching people say one thing and watching those exact same people say something different as time progresses. And maybe that is just, that's relative to their position within the company. Like maybe you could say something different when you were a third floor person and now you're a fourth floor person and you can't say that anymore. I I get it. I really do. But it's, that doesn't make it less hard to swallow. Like it's still disappointing and still me. I I feel you. I, I think someone like Aaron Forsyth, who I think is like pretty cool, pretty on the level, like, you know, we, he could hang out with the kids and it, it wouldn't be weird. Right. But he's he's definitely got. Some of that corporate in him, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it is not. Necessarily- and he has to. He has to, su- to succeed at his job. Like that no, is essentially course. what his job is. So yeah, he's, he's I, a higher I, up I feel for now. him. I he's feel a higher for him, up dude now. I understand. It still that. sucks to hear and read, you know. Right. But like, I, I think that he has a, a lot of the, the same qualities that that we respect, but then is also uh, either either like drinking the Kool-Aid or appears to have like drunk the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you you have some of that like corporate speak and it's just like, man, like you used to be cool or whatever. Um, but I, you know, I, I know that Aaron is a good dude and it's not him making all the decisions or anything, you know, it's, it's not th- his fault. I think all these people are good dudes, dudettes anywhere else on that spectrum i think they're they're all 
universally good people and everyone wants to do a good job and nobody's like yes actively looking to fleece people it's just as a as a company <laughs> you are fleecing people and right but yeah the, the individual is not the company i understand when individuals sometimes speak for companies uh yep. it's sticky know. it's sticky it, and it's yep. tough and yeah leads to a lot of weird communication things so uh, i do think it's like when i when i get fired up i always want to take a moment to just kind of like step back to make sure it's clear that why? i understand <laughs> why no you're supposed to just like slam the accelerator no i understand I, I really do understand i have been there and i i do understand i do feel for these individual people and i never want them to feel targeted yeah I, and i don't mean to single out aaron either it was just like he was the easiest representation i could think of for someone who who was like maybe a person that you learned from that is now kind of like regurgitating corporate speak or whatever and i i could understand that disappointment but it's like you you talk to him like you know face to face and it's like he's still he's still the same person i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure he's a great guy i'm just like everyone else uh involved with the product is almost universally a good person every single person i've ever met who works with wizards for wizards has been almost universally a good person so it's it's a hard thing to to contrast with the state of how they're doing business but not really when you think about it like that's just how i corporations are designed to do this thing they're designed to maximize profits when you go to your shareholders meeting and you say we expect sales to be flat over the next couple of years and then your stock price drops 25 percent right after hmm. the meeting like that's that's what happens that's what this is all about right and it puts you in very very uncomfortable positions especially when you're like the golden goose you're the thing making all the money for the company right now and yeah, a, a lot of successful careers have been launched through this moment in Magic, and I'm happy for them, and I'm sad for Magic. Yeah, um, I wouldn't, like, I, I kind of want to sell my collection, not like all the cards or whatever, but I definitely have a box of stuff that I, I want to sell to kind of trim down, mm -hmm. you know, and... I don't feel like, oh, my modern stuff is in danger of a bubble bursting or anything like that necessarily. You know, I don't I don't want people to be alarmed or anything, but I I totally understand what you're saying, what you're feeling. But like we've we've had this sort of discussion before where. You know, it's like, what if they killed the pro tour or whatever? Would competitive magic still survive? Would we still survive? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that I don't even remember what prompted that sort of discussion or whatever but i think it was a really healthy one where kind of figured out that those sorts of magic would continue not necessarily to thrive but like to to keep going just based on like grassroots efforts and individual efforts and stuff like that and we even now have a, a system in place it is not a very robust system by any means but it is there right and i think that to that end, those structures, uh, whether or not they are officially endorsed by the company or not, are going to remain in place. They're, like There's going to be something. And I, I find it hard to believe that things will just plummet overnight, like unless there is like an actual Chronicles or something. You know, it's like Chronicles 2, Electric Boogaloo, real card backs. These are legal. Like every... $20 and up card in like modern legacy vintage commander or whatever, right? Like that would probably do it. 
but yeah, they're they're I, kind of already doing that. Honestly, like that's, they're that's doing the a bad job of it. Honestly, like the if if what you're trying to do is like flatten out prices or at least like reprint fifty dollar cards to get people excited, I just think demand could, has been absurd. Like they that, could do a they, better job of it. Yeah, they they fell into a moment where demand has been absolutely off the hook, and it's both organic demand as the commander space expands and speculative demand i think that's a huge part of it and i think you'd be unwise not to acknowledge that i mean so much of the business has been based around catering to that speculative demand so it is funny how it seems like the supplemental sets keep ticking up a little bit in in price point msrp mm-hmm. per booster mm-hmm. pack where it's like well instead of a card you're getting like a, a double-sided token and now it's a foil token and now there are like two rares a pack and now there's like a foil in every pack and you know, like every time something like that happens, it's like an extra penny to them per booster, but the, then they charge you an extra dollar. Right. To the point where, you know, the, the collector booster packs are like $25 in four cards or whatever. And they, I, I was expecting like, oh, you know, what, what's like a $100 booster pack look like? Or They just skipped right to a K. Yep. Yep. Leaping over that threshold. And I, I, I think it's probably all based on very careful economic research i think they know their player base has dramatically evolved i mean it it doesn't look like the people who were playing magic five years ago ten years ago it is a largely moneyed group uh that has like gone on to or those kids grew up and like got real jobs because they're giant nerds i yeah i I think it's both. I mean, and yeah, them no, being giant, it's definitely, it's definitely both. Like, there's new them being giant there. nerds tends to put them into tech jobs, which right. are pay, paying spectacularly right now. They're like the only jobs that you can still make money in uh, as as an American. So, yeah, I I think they have found their base, and it, their base has a lot of money, and they know that, and they want as much of it as possible. One of the one of the funniest things, man. Uh, when I was still in the building in, in like 2013, 2014 is uh, at this point, I was not playing many mobile games. Now I play a ton of mobile games. I just love them. I can't stand playing console games anymore because like the dopamine hits are not fast enough. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like Final Fantasy 16 is coming out and like Forspoken or, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to do Pass. it. Yeah. And uh yeah so back then i was not playing and people were just like inadvertently talking about like clash royale and how much money it made and like oh what's a whale you know like that sort of thing like i was having those conversations for the first time or like i kind of knew already but hadn't really i don't know lived in in that sort of world where like those words mattered to me like i knew what they meant or whatever Mm -hmm. but then i i heard that like this other story of uh like a third floor person telling a fourth floor person, you know, some some brand person, like how much money Clash Royale made last year or whatever. And it's like, you know, what was it like a million dollars? And they're just like, no, like a billion or whatever. And then they just like run to their dad, you know, and it's just like they, they tell him this thing. And then that just becomes like the directive. Yeah. In Wizards. Time, just, time to make Clash Royale. Yeah, basically. And it is like they, they, they did. They released yep. like a Clash Royale clone eventually. Yep. Right. But I they're remember. just like, what is this game? How does it work? Like, how how the hell are they making so much money? Like, how do we do that? Because it's like, the money they were making was good, right? But it wasn't like people tripping over themselves, just like 
hitting the the like feed me dopamine now button right because like magic was a slow drip right like a set every three months or something and yeah okay you spend like a thousand dollars you have four of all the cards in the set like you know maybe you want the foil versions or something it's like okay double that sure you're there but there was nothing that was like uh i would just spend like 10k to get like this yellow uh <laughs> whatever the work thing was from uh neo you know oh yeah. uh yeah was it hit hit hidetsugo hidetsugo yeah yeah that that fella uh right so then they're just like oh crap like games are supposed to be making money and it was just like overnight kind of like their culture changed uh yeah and I believe that yeah that's that's just like what they've been chasing ever since then it's really is- interesting because in some ways they have evolved to the current state of gaming beautifully they really have like they they've just absolutely done a phenomenal job at becoming like this product that is constantly present its release cycles are absurd there's always more magic cards to spend money like it is for a very uh attention deficit disorder plague generation they are making a game of that nature where it's just more and more stuff and words on cards and two sides and it's just bombarding you constantly and like as a person with adhd though (laughs) playing magic sucks you know well yeah (laughs) there's there's just like so much stuff to like right now i'm tabbing through deck lists as we're talking but engaging with magic gerald yeah and especially like twitter social media just like you know pull pull down on your screen to refresh like that sort of thing right yeah it's it's wild and i i do think about it like in terms of game design you know we in flesh and blood taking like a very different path and you're the slow drip yeah giving giving sets time to breathe but like you know we just made a abandoned suspended announcement basically a lot of it rooted in the fact that we do give sets time to breathe and like the format was good like actually very very good it's just been around for a long time and it's like well maybe we should make some small adjustments just because it has been here for so long and you know, there's there's something to just the very rapid pace and the patch cycles of League of Legends and all these games as service things that uh, Magic has adapted to very, very well for a cardboard product. And you say that, but I, th- I think that was kind of the thing that they were doing bad for the last couple of years was like not banning things quick, fast enough. Right. They're just like, oh, we don't want to from, shake up like player no, no, confidence from, or whatever. from a competitive standpoint, you're absolutely right. But also they didn't care. They just didn't care about competitive. Like it, it was that, more. That is fair, but you're you're talking about uh, being tuned into like the ADHD nature of a lot of people, and uh, having like faster patch notes and like drips of dopamine and stuff. You know, like new new things, like change yeah. is good or whatever, right? Like they certainly could have taken advantage of that, banning things. You know, months sooner to at least have people get that new feeling, like new format feeling, right? Like I'm going to make a guess. I'm going to make a guess, Gerald. The funnest time. I, I think they were, I think they were on it. And I think the way they were on it was with alchemy. I feel like alchemy was probably in, they probably identified this thing, this specific thing they were talking about and said, alchemy is our answer. This is how we're going to do it. And it was in an effort not to alienate people like you and I, who are into the slow drip stuff. I think they said, well, Slow drip doesn't work for a majority of people anymore. So we need to make the new thing. Yeah. It's alchemy. Let's go. And again, theoretically, I think that's good. 
I also it, think alchemy is heinous and and terrible. But it's heinous. It didn't have to be though. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, the- they could theoretically, it's sound. Yeah, they they could have made the cards like more in line with magic cards, yep. and less in line with the unstable card you read to me earlier. Yep. Uh, that was about assembling contraptions, and I think it would have been maybe not widely accepted, but I certainly would have accepted it. Like I was, I was on board for a little bit, you know, until it was like, Oh, this is really cost prohibitive and all the cards suck. And this is not fun in the slightest or whatever, but like they do come out with pretty regular patches where they're just like, we're buffing a bunch of zombies or whatever. And it's yeah, that, pat- patches and new cards. I've yeah. see, I've been seeing new alchemy cards across my Twitter feed and I wish they'd stop. If I could figure a way to opt out of alchemy cards ever coming across my feed, that would be great. But they still show up. I still see them. Obviously, they're still coming out at a rapid clip. Who's so. who's tweeting about alchemy that you follow? That's your problem. I'm telling you, the people you follow do not matter. It's, it's just not a factor in what you see. 99% of what I see is from people I don't follow. Uh, there's got to be something with your settings, man. Because like that, that stuff happens for me a decent amount. But that's not a large portion of my feed. I will tell you that it... Twitter works very differently depending on what platform I am engaging with it on. So on my computer, my Twitter feed looks very different from what it looks like on my phone. Yeah. And that looks very different from what it looks like on my iPad. And I don't know oh. why. I have no idea why. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost exclusively use it on my phone. Okay. And I, I bet if you logged in on your computer, you would find it looked very different maybe i don't know i still try and like keep the settings the same where it's like do the most recent if people pop up where they're like tweet about alchemy or whatever i just mute them like even if i'm not following them but they show up on my feed it's like all right i will mute this person Hmm. because then they just won't show it to me again and i i mute like every advertiser i mute or block so i don't know man I'm, i'm like pretty aggro with with how i curate things because if one person shows up on your feed tweeting about an alchemy card and you don't mute them you know it's like they might just show up again whereas like how many people are out there tweeting about alchemy right like you you just mute five of them you've got them all yeah but it's it's some of like normal people <laughs> it's I, I shouldn't do that i shouldn't classify people who like ab, uh alchemy as abnormal but just like people who are aren't engaged with alchemy stumbling across the card in the same way and just being like, what the hell is this? You know? I mean, sure, but I don't know, just mute them anyway. What kind of interaction do you plan on having with that person? Nothing. I should mute everyone. Yeah, that, okay. That would be the ideal move. Great platform, Twitter. <laughs> like, you can maybe receive DMs from people you follow or whatever. You, like, opt I, into this person being able to contact you. I was musing the other day that Twitter must have a specific algorithm for uh, game designers where it shows you specifically the the most awful takes about your game. Yeah, I did see that. Just the most backward one possible. I did see that, which which is interesting because I've been seeing some of your tweets recently and that was not a thing for a while. Hmm. I've cracked the algorithm. Or I did because I just muted everyone else. (laughs) I'm the only one left. It's just me constantly in your feed. Yeah, I think at one point I was talking to one of the cosplayers and she said, like, oh, I just, you know, mute and block everyone or whatever. I was like, how many people you got? <laughs> she was like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, 2000 or something. And I, I opened up my phone, went into Twitter, went into the the settings and it was just I had 5000. Wow. Solid blocks. 
Yeah. Now I want to know how many I have. Well, how do I see this? Uh, I haven't checked on PC, but through mobile, it's like device and then some like settings and then something about like privacy, maybe. Or okay. let me check. I'm sure this is again excellent radio. This I... is this is great radio. Okay, so uh, I go into settings and support. This is like on the like Apple screen or oh, okay, I see it, I see it. Okay, and then I have to scroll down again, I guess, because Twitter's new. Uh, go into settings. Yeah. Uh, privacy and safety, mute and yeah. block. Blocked accounts, I have 4,700 on the dot. Okay. Muted accounts, I have 3,899. And I have 37 muted words. I think 20 of them are uh, variations on Wordle. And then the other 17 are probably like NFL, NBA related. Interesting. Okay, here are my stats. I am so much more kind than you. 72 blocked accounts. 32 muted accounts. 14 muted words. And it's this the muted words are this bizarre suggestion. It doesn't like, it doesn't even work. Oh, okay. I was gonna say there's like this weird almost uh programming like language in my muted words that I must have picked up from somebody as like a way to uh get a more traditional timeline based feed but i i'm assuming they don't work so oh that that used to i know what you're talking about do you know what i'm talking about yeah well th i mean there was a thing where it was like don't show me most yeah. popular or something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah i don't think it, it works uh, i don't know if it maybe maybe they changed so it doesn't work anymore now you have to like add a character because that's how programming works but yeah i don't know like i'll, I'll mute wordle and then people will just be like here's my wordle or whatever, and it'll still show up. And I'm just like, what the hell does this do? I'm just picturing like, I don't even know what it's from, but just You're, like someone just like jamming the wordle into your face repeatedly at point yeah. blank range. Like you just can't escape it. Yeah. And so you're seeing alchemy cards. I'm seeing wordles despite me muting it, you know? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough out there for us old guys. I just, I just don't, don't care how good you are at your little puzzle thing, you know? Uh, no, I don't either. I, I like Wordle quite a bit, but I, I have never understood the, the sharing thing. It's very odd to me. Well, I, I didn't get on social media for a very long time because I also did not understand it. Okay. Like, what the hell am I supposed to put as a Facebook status? Uh, what? yeah, I, I was similar. I, I remember resisting Facebook for much longer than most people. It it seems so like self-indulgent. Self yeah, self-indulgent. Yeah, it is. All these platforms are. But like, I, I do think humans are intrinsically self-indulgent. Like we uh, obviously you you can only experience existence through yourself. So there's always an element of human existence that will be uh, reflected through these platforms. And I don't right, think but it, I, I don't it has to the, be negative. I don't feel the necessity to then share that with other people. Like. My experience He's, is my He says experience. on his, his podcast with 10,000 plus listeners to his 30,000 Twitter followers. Yeah, 40,000. Okay, yeah. You see, there's, there's something about you that you want to share with like, like you want people to notice you, to notice your takes. No, it was, I started writing and I kind of needed to do this as part of my career. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. Right. Like you would, you were perfectly happy having 500 followers. I was, I was. And now you have, you're 
pretty close to 15 i would guess at this point no nobody likes me anymore i have like eleven thousand. okay uh, it's it's been a there's just mostly a slow decline probably probably gained some fab people lost some fab people you know or lost some yeah people. that would be my expectation also as i've slowly uh drifted towards just insanity i'm sure that puts people off from time to time so occasionally you do sometimes people really lean into that though maybe it, like I, i'm hopeful it, it's you can't you have to rubberneck the car crash when you're on the highway right yeah i also have cat pics now which i feel like is going to open up a lot of twitter doors for me like it just seems like something that could really take me to the next level there's where... there's a hundred really hardcore cat picture twitter people and i would love uh, to tap into that market but i feel like if you do you alienate the the other you know forty thousand that that follow me so i don't do that i i would have guessed far more than 100 but well I, it's like 100 people that i know like 100 people that follow me obviously like twitter the world is a vast place there are a lot of uh cat fan accounts that are very popular yeah but as, as far as like my feed i feel like there are a select few amount of people who would be happy with me posting cat pictures on the regs so i don't gotcha. and then i made an instagram account when i got my cats and i was For posting. Cats. Uh, yeah just my cats a picture a day but like no one followed it because like i don't know magic players don't really do instagram mm. at least like the you know the competitive magic players right right like if you're an instagram person first and then like a magic person second that's a thing right but if you're a magic player first like a ptq grinder or whatever you're probably not on insta yeah that's seems reasonable so uh, well, this is disappointing news i really thought i had tapped into something no uh, you'll tap into some but it's just like it's like fab you're gonna lose some people over it you know it, dude anytime you post about something you like that is not the thing that the person immediately wanted to see in that moment then you know it's gonna be pros and cons and i try and thread that line as best i can which basically means i don't tweet instead i just text you or josh that's it yeah, I don't know that I ever tweet about the thing that people follow me for, which is ostensibly like magic information. I can't tell you the last time I tweeted a useful piece of magic information. I tweeted out my Lotus Field decklist, which was like basically stock Lotus Field. Um, so there was that. Nailed it. That's it. And, You're doing good uh, that's, tweeting. That's, good that's tweeting. all I got for the last like year and a half. Beyond that, it's like uh, we got pawn pictures, pictures of synthesizers, some cats flesh and blood stuff and that's it that's yeah. all i got yeah one well, it's weird that you're bleeding people now it's very strange yeah well, i mean you're you're still tweeting about magic you're just complaining a bunch which yeah, is, is fine it's understandable i get it you know i probably would have unfollowed you if we didn't work together but right oh i i would never follow me i think i would just drive myself i'd be like i hate this guy <laughs> what piece of garbage i'm done with him get him bragging about his pond all day bragging yeah. about how he saved a frog yep i'd be like get over yourself yeah what an asshole uh there's also some brother war stuff there's not a lot okay let's talk about it i'm in uh there's six cards i guess yeah and then half of the backside of two of them <laughs> yep uh, there are kaijus on all the lands, hence the Optimus Prime crossover, even though it's not really a crossover, right? It's like they they own My Little Pony and they did the My Little Pony box set thing. It's just like, I expect them to do crap like that. You know, I'm not mad at them. Whatever. I don't know who it's for, but I'm not mad at them. I'm mad. 
I wasn't uh, mad at the My Little Pony stuff for what it's worth. I own that. Uh, I just, I sold mine. I just auctioned it. I did own okay. one. Okay. It was, it was gently used after moving across country several times. Anyway, uh, recruitment officer, dub, 2-1, creature human soldier, 3-dub. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card with mana value three or less from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Last week, talking to Todd Anderson about Pioneer, and I was talking about how bad the white one drops were and how much yep. Dauntless Bodyguard sucked. And he was like, dude, Savannah lines are tight. And I was like, yeah, we can do better. And then he also talked about like the weird corner case scenarios where it's like, oh, you played Dauntless Bodyguard on turn seven to protect your thing that <laughs> if they had a removal spell, they would have killed already, you know? And it's just like, eh, dude, that doesn't you could. happen. You could do that. You could. You could. It just doesn't happen that way, right? Uh, recruitment officer... Honestly, pretty similar to Dauntless Bodyguard. Four man has a lot. Like, it it does help you in those flooding scenarios. And this is pretty similar to Duskwatch Recruiter, which was yeah. a card that saw a, recent, a decent a, amount of play. A pretty incredible card, but a lot of that was like there was actual infinite available uh, in conjunction with it. It's, it's often been used in infinite scenarios, which uh, I guess this could be too if it slots better into those type of spots. Yeah, and Duskwatch also flipped, and you could flip it with things like Collected Company, you know, and the backside making your creatures cost less was definitely good too. Like, Duskwatch was good, and it was still like, oh, I don't really want to play four because I don't want to draw two. Right, right, right. Yep. You know? So, look, I played Duskwatch Recruiter. It, it was fine. It would have been way better if the ability wasn't pretty clunky, and this thing's ability is way oh, more dear. clunky. And I think Duskwatch also got any creature. Is that accurate? Because uh, this is only mana value three or less. I think so you're right. That's think a you're that's right. a small thing too. But occasionally you Duskwatch into like an Avacyn, I think. But whatever. Uh, is this better than Dauntless Bodyguard? I mean, it is a human, so that's cool. Uh, if nothing else, it, you want to play your 13th or 14th like reasonable human creatures, you, you certainly can. You have options now. I, I think that this card is solid and fine and is more in line with the type of stuff that I was talking about last week, the type of stuff that I wanted. So it's interesting and cool to, in a very timely manner, see it uh, on the previews, especially when there's only six cards previewed and like this is one of them. It's weird. Yeah. A high, a high medium is how I would define this card and feels like it'll see some play. Totally fine. Kind of unexciting. But... Yeah, not not stoked. Like Evolve Sleeper was a thing where I'm like, hell yeah, this is, this yep. is tight, right? Yeah. Uh, Surge Engine, two generic mana for a 3-2 artifact creature construct, Defender. You, this loses Defender and gains this creature can't be blocked. To you, this becomes blue and has base power and toughness 5-4, activate only if this doesn't have Defender. For you, you draw three cards, activate only if this is blue and only once. So I talked about how much I liked evolve sleeper uh, uh this this doing it for you you don't you don't have to do it on every game? card yeah uh, uh this is mythic too which is bizarre i think this card is really cool i don't think it's all that good but i i do think it's very cool i i like these effects uh i i think this is like an interesting wrinkle on the figure of destiny evolve sleeper thing where you just have to dump it all in at once i have a feeling like this set will play towards that we already see uh some pretty big mana sinks some mana production expected to come along with it 
I don't know. I, I mean, I think like if you just want me to evaluate how this card fits into a metagame now, if it can block, like if, if a three power block is actually pretty meaningful, then I think this card could be good. And you play it early, you make that block, you trade one for one, you scale up as the game goes on, get good value, you can end games with it really aggressively. Maybe you draw cards. I don't know how many cards this is going to draw. That seems very, very speculative to me, but it's there. It could happen. Uh, mostly think this is like a good blocker early and then maybe a way to close games. It, so there have definitely been decks where maybe your mana is weird. Maybe you're pretty close to like a colorless Eldrazi deck or something, mm -hmm. or uh, maybe you're three colors and like won't have the mana all the time or whatever. Maybe you are relying on some artifact synergies. Maybe you want a thing that's three power for two mana, maybe for like crewing stuff like this cruise bank buster, yep. right? Yep. I I see a lot of upsides for this card that's not necessarily printed on the card text, you know? And like the first ability just being a single mana to like this can now attack and it, it can't be blocked. Like can't be blocked. It's just pretty incredible for yeah. a like high power cheap drop that you don't have to spend a lot of mana in. And it's just like you, know, you do it once, right? And then you don't have to do it ever again. Uh I, I don't think this is bad. I, I do think it is weird that it's mythic. But I don't know, maybe there's some other stuff going on with the set where I don't know, this at rare would feel a little weird or something. I don't know. Maybe. I think I was reading these in, as until end of turn abilities, but they are just straight figure of destiny abilities. No, yeah, it is. It is. It's artifact blue figure of destiny thing. Yeah. Huh. So well, I don't know. I like quite three, a bit more. three, two unblockable, not bad. Artifact synergies, also cool. Uh, there's like the blue red deck that I was working on with like the mech and the automaton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that deck was quite cool. Uh I I thought I thought it was solid. Um maybe maybe some good like one drop short of actually being good or whatever. But like this would help. This this would fill out the curve, you know? Yeah. And then you might be seeing that one drop in this set. Yeah. And then I don't know, like five power unblockable. Like, yeah, maybe maybe this card is better than I think. Uh Queen Kayla Bin Krug, one R dub, two three, legendary creature human noble, four tap words uh discard all the cards in your hand then draw that many cards you may choose an artifact or a creature card with mana value one you discarded this way then do the same for artifact or creature cards with mana values two and three return those cards to the battlefield activate only as a sorcery uh, I, I just think this sucks i like i i think this is way too many hoops to try and make like a fixed version of this effect and like your upside is you gain uh plus two mana if you hit perfectly and you have to and draw cards perfectly yeah but you had to discard that many cards you're not plus cards right no oh, no it's dis discard all cards in your hand draw that draw that many cards yeah so you're yeah, not so, cards so you you empty your hand until you have like a one two and three right yeah and then you tap you pay for tap this ancestral and just put those cards into play and then you get new cards. Okay, so I, again, read this card completely wrong, which, you know, you could take that as a slight on me or the fact that I can't read magic cards anymore and right. actually figure out what they can do. Also, is but, there a thing where there's like a one mana card that has like, you have to pay an additional seven 
to do this, but it's like not printed in the card's mana value. Like is, you know, like Phyrexian Dreadnought is a thing that's like really cheap, but has a, a thing that prohibits you from casting it on turn one, right? Is there something like that, but it's just like this cost Maybe. seven? I, I could see, particularly with artifacts, there might be something interesting along those lines where uh, there's like an otherwise prohibitive thing that it does, but you can kind of cheat around it with this. Like, like a lightning axe kind of clause, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nothing I don't know if that exists, mind, but, but that's that's interesting. This this seems more of like a fun commander build around than a standard thing. Anyway, Urza Lord Protector one U Dub two four legendary creature human artificer artifact instant and sorcery spells you cast oh, cost head, one less to cast. Hurts. So many words, Bruh. Sorry, go ahead. We're not we're not done. We're, we're not even halfway done with the first of three parts to this entire set. Yeah. Please continue. Seven. If you own, if you both own and control Urza Lord Protector and an artifact named the Mightstone and Weakstone, I feel like that card should have just been called the Stones, right? Because it's like, you know, is is this just one card? Like, obviously, I'm looking at the card. I know it is one card, but, you know, when I first read this, I was like, what? Uh, anyway, There's seven, if you both own and control Urza and uh, Artifact named this thing, exile them, then meld them into Urza Planeswalker, activate only as a sorcery. And then the Mightstone and Weakstone is a five generic mana artifact that is legendary, legendary artifact Power Stone. Does that matter for Karn? Probably does, right? I think so. I think he can tap Power Stones, right? Yeah. When... The Mightstone and Weakstone enters the battlefield. Choose one, draw two cards. Target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. Uh, oh, it's just one of those two. And then the other thing is tap to add uh, CC. <laughs> this mana can't be spent to cast non-artifact spells. <laughs> Melds with Urza Lord Protector. I was expecting there to be more options, but uh, yeah. <laughs> this, Jerry, I think this actually fucking broke me. I think this is it. Okay, and now I, to read Urza, I have to make it bigger. <laughs> I have to make, I have to click on the card and make it bigger because I can't read it because it's oh, a Planeswalker uh, with five abilities and a static. Good God. <laughs> All right, Urza Planeswalker. Seven starting loyalty. It is uh, both blue and white. Once during each of your turns, you may activate. <laughs> fucking, I can't, dude. I fucking can't. Have you, have you seen these cards yet? <laughs> yes, I've seen them before, but something about you having to go through the process of reading them all is actually killing me. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, first I have to read you, uh, you know, Warm Peace or whatever, and then we get to actually talk about the cards. All right, all right. I'm pulling it together now. We can continue. Once during each of your turns, you may activate an additional loyalty ability of Urza Planeswalker. Plus two. Should I? I'm not even going to read it. All right. I just, I concede. There are five abilities. They all do shit. They like draw cards and kill shit and whatever. It doesn't really, matter. They're really powerful. It doesn't and matter. You, yeah. They do things. Yeah. Uh, Urza, Lord Protector, basically fails the three drop test. It has four toughness, so it lives through some removal. So maybe it sticks around, but doesn't have any immediate impact on the battlefield. It is possible that you can try and meld it with this five mana artifact, which granted, does like draw you some cards or kill a thing uh you know taps to cast artifacts i guess whatever likelihood that you get to meld them very unlikely um there was there was another card i thought i saw maybe it was a fake card oh there's also the mishra card okay mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's, right. there's another meldy thing going on. It wasn't, it's not on, okay, I'm, I, I clicked the thing and it's just like showing me on the day that they were previewed or whatever. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, all right, screw Urza, it sucks. I, I was going to go through like a long-winded way of saying that it sucks, but it does. Cool? Cool. All right, let's talk about Mishra claimed by Gix. 2BR, 3-5, legendary creature, some words. Uh... When, whenever you attack, each opponent loses X life, you gain X life. Uh, X is the number of attacking creatures. If this and a creature named Phyrexian Dragon Engine are attacking, you both own and control them and, uh, you know, have the NFT code or whatever. Exile them, then meld them into Mishra, lost to Phyrexia, enters the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Dragon Engine is a three mana 2-2. Two, two. Artifact creature, double strike. Uh, ETB from the graveyard, you may discard your hand if you do draw three cards. Unearth three RR. Backside is a thing, whatever. Uh, the thing that I want to talk about with this was that I, I specifically remembered there being like an unearth part to a meld thing. And I thought that that was dope as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because cool, cool effect. Because melding these shits is hard. And it happened very, very occasionally in standard. And also like a lot of those cards were not cards that you were happy to, to put in your deck pretty yep. frankly. Uh, I actually thought the first go around of Meld was a huge failure. They did this awesome, like ridiculous thing, and it just didn't really happen all that often and didn't feel all that exciting when it did, I guess. It was just kind of like game over. Um, so the land and the, the Handwear's Battlements and the Handwear Garrison or whatever yep. was the closest thing um, because the land... Like once you had it, it just stuck around and there weren't a lot of ways to act, act uh, interact with it from the opponent's yep. side, right? Yeah, so it was like, sure. all right, I have I have a piece and I'm just waiting for the other one and maybe eventually this will come together. It'll cost a shit yeah, probably happened more in Limited than it did in uh, Constructed, I think. <laughs> Which is weird because they're rares. But yeah. uh, for this, it's kind of the same thing where you, like, you, you have Mishra and then you untap with the dragon engine near graveyard, you can threaten the meld at any point. I think that that's cool because that's kind of the problem. Like, Mightstone and Weakstone, artifact, probably going to sit and play, probably not going to get uh, too harassed by your opponent, but there are a lot of cards that actually just kind of like deal with artifacts and uh, not, not a ton, but there, there are a few, right? And Urza taking seven mana, to to do it is a lot um, well I, i'm gonna stop you i agree but you can go urzon three mightstone weakstone four tap mightstone weakstone on five make urza planeswalker like it, it just yes, curves perfectly it does yeah mana can't be spent to cast non-artifact spells so Correct. like yeah you can activate abilities with it that's true but whatever i, I think that's cool I, I like it as far as a, a thing I actually like about the years of Planeswalker. I think that setup is actually really neat, really elegant. Yeah. Uh, it only took 2000 words to get there. So word. Um, well, yeah, the, the Mishra thing, I don't know. Mishra, the card probably stinks. I don't know what its backside does. It has like literally eight lines of text. Uh, I just like the fact that the unearth thing works with it. And I guess, you know, you play dragon engine on three. It's, double striking 2-2, two, two, maybe it's threatening, maybe your opponent kills it, and then you can, you have like Mishra into Unearth, the thing like rolled up like that curse perfectly too. So I think I think that those work out pretty well. Uh, there was also like 
Gisela and Bruno, which saw some amount of play and like all yep. these Lancers to set it up. And like, sometimes that, that was nonsense. Like people did that. It was not good. No, but I, what's interesting though, is that like you, you talked about magic just jumping in price from like the $30 boosters to the $250 boosters. I actually think the meld cards are doing the exact same thing yeah. where the first incarnation of the meld cards were like extremely simple. And they were just like pretty basic cards on the front. And then they flipped into something in the back, which while powerful, was again, very straightforward. It just like did this one thing. Uh, now, the front side of Urza has two different effects. The Mightstone and Weakstone, you choose between two separate effects and then it becomes a matter rock. Then you have a five ability Planeswalker on the backside with a static ability. That you can use the, twice. So that like you can use twice. And, and then the Mishra side, both of these creatures are just like, loaded with text they do a bunch of different things and then you choose from three abilities on the back side of the mishra so you went from zero where you made kind of like a boring card that just ended the game to a card that gives you six million abilities and it's again too much it's just too much too many words yeah you know you know what's supposed to happen when you meld stuff it's like uh, i make this like big fancy card it's supposed to like smash my opponent and like yeah these these cards let you win right but there's there's like too much thinking that goes into the making the big card and smashing your opponent. Yep. Agree. So I don't know. I, I, I like the unearth tag on this. I think that is nice and good. Uh that that was it. I don't much care for these cards. Uh right there with you. Too many words. No elegance. Uh somebody. Like I said, there's somebody, there's some portion of the audience that is begging for more complicated cards. I just have to believe that because we have jumped the shark so fantastically to have super complicated cards on both halves and then meld them to combine to another super complicated card. And I don't know, maybe you just feel like you can't make anything cool unless you put a lot of words on it anymore because you've used up all the other spaces. But. Yeah. And then there's a, a bad Mistress Factory. Yes. Well summed up. Uh, I think creature lands in standard are generally overrated, at least the way that they used to make them, where it's all, you know, stocking stones and Nantuko monasteries and whatever. I think when they switch to like the Raging Ravine model. Mm, scaling. Well, not just that, but like tapping for colored mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Sure. The mana's never that good where you're just like, I'm going to jam a bunch of colorless lands into my deck. Uh, you know? I mean, Faceless Haven overcame that for sure. Yes. But I... I there was know, a I, lot going on with Faceless Haven. Yeah, there was a lot going on. It, it was also like, well, my my mono-white aggro deck plays 24 land, right? Yep. yep. And you didn't have like a lot of like CCC stuff or even like CC stuff necessarily. Right. So it, it made it a little bit easier, whereas you know trying to and those that also worked with monocolored decks specifically right like you couldn't play the snow creature land in a deck with a stomping ground or whatever right no definitely not so this is kind of the same thing where it's like you can't play mistress foundry in in a gruel deck because your your mana is just too bad all the time so uh i hope that this is a plant for you know artifact mostly artifact deck or whatever or at least like very light color requirements uh kind of like what the surge engine points to mm -hmm. then i'd be fine yeah, with it. but i would just, be i would be surprised if it's not uh, it's certainly the direction i see this set going 
but also like this thing is just not not very powerful at all so no uh, also but when, that's good that's good because faceless haven was so pushed like you yes kind of have to go to this space when you're doing these colored lands so or these colorless lands yeah and also this is just kind of like a modern horizons sort of thing right where it's like mishra's foundry okay let's do a throwback to mishra's factory like what kind of cards are people expecting to see in the brothers war like oh the might stone and the weak stone transformers and... transformers is optimus prime obviously yes. right yeah you know so it's like all right we have to do a mishra's factory throwback and it's like well yeah, let's just make it bad okay eh, not everything has to be good no no you have uh ro robots on on the mountains and stuff so you know that's robots in disguise Gerald. Uh, I mean, there is a robot kind of like in the tree and like a dragon hiding in a mountain. So sort of. Yeah. They're Counts. doing their best. Yeah, I'll count it. Uh, yeah, not not even a lot of time with Dominaria before we enter preview season again. So we're we're still on track. And we skipped like all the stupid preview seasons. We didn't do Warhammer preview season. We didn't do Alchemy preview season. I just yeah, I opt out and I hope that everyone else does, too. I know that there are some like very, uh, very active like commander players that also listen to the podcast, and I'm, I'm sure that they did not because they can't really, you know, those things affect their format. So, yeah, uh, that's wild. They just we, need to know about everything. Yeah. How do they keep up? Uh, they haven't played any good mobile games. <laughs> that's why. Okay, good choice. Uh, look, dude, before, before I, you know, played mobile games, uh. I, I played a ton of Magic Online. It was literally like eight hours of Magic Online a day. And now, gotcha games. Well, yeah. It's an interesting evolution. It's, I'm here for it, though. It's not, it's not as good of a gaming experience, but it gives me the good brain chemicals. That's all I really care about. That's, that's what that's the what game is. For. Yeah, the yep. game is just a means to an end, right? I'm with you. I don't know, man. Uh, other than that, like, do, do you feel better after this? Or like, how, how is all the other stuff going? Uh, things, things have not been good. Obviously, uh, I had to put Kai down this week, which was just one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. And uh, still extremely sad, extremely empty. But I that, that have is, had a that lot That is of, your dog, for the record, for the people who... Yeah, I have had a lot of people reach out. Um, you know, with similar experiences or on the verge of similar experiences. Yeah, I believe so that. I, I am happy to share and talk about it as hard as it's been. Um, but it, it is good to come on and kind of not take things too seriously. Like one of the things about saying my rage out loud, it makes it seem so much like less worthwhile and so dumb. Like it's just like really not, important it's a silly game and like i shouldn't take it as seriously as i do and i get to kind of like have fun with it so speaking it kind of manifests it into something that feels less serious and just like letting urza break me that yeah that honestly feels good like honestly I am, I am man you, you needed that, that laugh so yes uh so yeah it's all gonna be fine magic is in a death spiral but it'll still give us some good times until we get to the end of it and that's that's what i'm here for just just enjoying the ride baby i mean you should sell all your cards though like if you're not using them you might as well i think i agree i got decks for you okay not gonna well, be foil they're not gonna be double sleeved 
Fun. Get ready for that arena deckless fire sale. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing that Twitter's good for is like selling magic cards. That is true. Okay, we're onto something. I, I need to hire someone to do this. I'll never do it. We yeah. all know this. Like, I mean, I I got some people. I, I got some people yeah. I can hook you up with. They'll do it for you. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Anyway, man, uh, I'm I'm sure that there was, you know, a lot of emotion also backing up your thoughts on all of this stuff too. You know, it's not, it's not just like, Oh, these things don't matter. So who cares? Like once I say it out loud, it sounds silly. And to some extent that's true too, but it's like, obviously you've been going through a lot too. So I'm sure that it it makes it easier for the fuse to get ignited when, Oh yeah, for sure. Especially when it's like the fourth, just ridiculous magic related thing. And you're just like, I've, you know, respected, this game and this company for so long and blah 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 and they constantly well half respected like like half respected yeah uh, respecting aspects of it and the people and you know yeah obviously there's always some bad stuff but you know what i mean i feel you i feel you and i i hope uh you know if nothing else i hope people get to listen and like feel a little bit more sane like it's it's okay to be upset by this stuff i think there's like this narrative that circulates that just like oh it's not for you shut up and let people enjoy it i i don't think that's necessarily true like there, there's got to be a level of brazenness that we don't don't just accept and be like well somebody's gonna buy it so it's totally fine i i don't believe in that for a second uh you know you can you can make exploit exploitative products you can make uh you know products that just don't fulfill the needs of your audience you can make a very successful product that doesn't actually fulfill the needs of your audience and is is this the way i would choose to celebrate magic's 30th anniversary absolutely not i think it's actually disrespectful to magic's legacy (laughs) in a lot of ways because Uh, like if you i agree with that so much if you've listened to what richard garfield has said over the years and this is like just me reading between the lines i really think there's an element of regret to what he feels he's put forth into the world as far as like the collectability aspect. Cause he did not envision the game going this way. You know, it was the thing you buy a couple booster packs of and a starter deck, and then you'd have your magic cards forever and you'd have fun between rounds of D and D. And I don't think he really knew what he was unleashing upon the world when uh, putting together the idea for the first TCG. But I, I do always sense this element of like regret in his words when he speaks about it. So uh, yeah, an unfortunate way to celebrate his his tremendous legacy, I think. It, I mean, yeah, it's similar to the the comments that Jesper made too, where yep. it's just like this is not in line with how things were back in the day, and you know, capitalism basically took over and did its thing, and that's sort of the world we live in. And like for for the most part, I I do agree with the notion that just like these things are not for us, and rather than complain about alchemy or warhammer or whatever i can just shut up about it because the world doesn't need as much negativity and i think that i would much rather be known for like spreading positivity or at least encouraging it but at the same time that's true if like morbius sucks or whatever i like I, i won't speak to that because who cares but like this is a thing, magic, that is not necessarily just a game. Like you're talking about how, you know, these things are 
small or whatever. They seem small once you say them out loud, and that's true. But A, it's been a lifestyle for us, and it yep. has encapsulated my life. Yep. And while, Foundational part of our lives, for sure. Right. While other people may not have the same experience, I hope that they can at least understand and respect that not necessarily when they put like a Transformers die in the thing, but when they start selling thousand dollar fake beta booster packs that like it speaks to something being wrong and something I don't like and something that does not bode well for the future of this thing that I have spent the majority of my life participating in with and around and like where my job comes from, where my friends come from. This is a thing that I love, right? And I am, I just, I just did a written interview uh, with someone the other day and I'll, I'll tweet about that when it comes out. But like one of the things that I ended up putting as an answer to one of the questions was like talking about how just like protective I am of like magic and the community just in general, right? Because mm -hmm. it is this thing that I care so much about. So when there are these things that are red flags speaking to something bigger, I'm going to give a shit about that. And sometimes it will involve me nitpicking the small stuff just to be like, yep, here's another thing. This card has a scroll bar on Arena or whatever. And then some of it is speaking to like the big stuff where I'll do things like protest worlds or whatever, which is speaking to like the larger problems at hand. You know what I mean? And yeah. all of the complaining comes from a place of care, basically. So this is not negative for the sake of us being negative. And to that end, I will also pick and choose the things that I complain about and how much I complain about them. Because harping on something like a Transformers die in a vacuum, it, it, it does seem like small or petty or whatever. but when you are only talking about like the big things or talking about a series of things that point to a larger issue, I think that that resonates more with people. And then they, they don't see it necessarily so much as just like baby whining, but as, I don't know, some smaller, weird, insular community form of activism or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think that's why like <laughs> a lot of the times when I tweet, it, it is it is complaining. It's similar to like how you are, but then I asked a while ago whether or not like people thought that my Twitter feed was like positive or negative, and it was like overwhelmingly people said positive, and that's why is because they they know that I'm like fighting for change or whatever, and it's like I, I I am an optimist, and it seems like if you are complaining incessantly, then you are a pessimist, but that's not the case. It is the fact that I see how things could be so much better, right? And that's that's what I care about. That's what I strive for. Beautifully said. No notes. So, yeah, complain, complain about the the die in, in in a vacuum as like a singular tweet or whatever. Yeah, maybe it's small, but it's like a, a lot of the stuff we're talking to talking about speaks to the bigger picture. And I, I think the the fake beta stuff kind of like really hammers that home. Honestly, it's also a lot of pattern recognition, right? Like yes, all all of these things are related, and, and they're all leading to the same terminus. Right. And that's the thing that, that you and I can pick up on because we've been involved. Well, like we talked about Magic Online since 2001. And you talked about how uh, they didn't want to release power on Moto because it devalued how special they were. And it's like, we wouldn't notice that unless we were in it, man. Yep. And we are, we've been so in it for 20 plus years, right? Decades. 
Yeah, decades and decades. And I, I hope like that is, you know, I, I I often question like the value add I still have at this point. But then I th- reflect on it and like, no, actually, there is a lot that I can still bring to the table. And, it, and it's that it's that 30 years of experience like that is worth something. Uh, and, and at all sides, too. Now it's like having having worked for multiple game companies and having played forever and you know played as a casual player when i was a kid and been there from the beginning of the entire tcg era like there's not i mean there are but there's also a lot of people who don't have the 30 years of experience in this world that i do at this point and right I, that's what i'm sharing at this this moment now they're like they're like dude i listened to a 10 minute youtube video about the history of tcgs or whatever you know yeah. like i know just as much as you and it's like ah like you weren't there you know we we were actually there. We noticed the stuff. But counterpoint is that I think all of our knowledge and experience might just be irrelevant because things have changed so much. Maybe. And maybe that's always the issue, right? Like, are you just a dinosaur? And I, I do consider that as well, for sure. Yeah, it's like that's what they said in 2012, but that was a decade ago. And yeah. maybe their thoughts and feelings on it have changed a lot. And... Obviously, money has a lot to do with that. Money can change your mind real quick. So maybe that's just where they are now. And us waxing about how they felt 10 years ago just doesn't matter. It's just noise. I don't know. What is a podcast if not just noise? Game. Good luck.